What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society Podcast. I'm your host, Irvin, and today we have one of my newest friends, Sarah Maychipchinsky. Hopefully I pronounced that right. But anyways, my good friend, Sarah, she is a leadership coach, and she's all about leadership and training your people correctly, correctly and effectively. And today we dive deep into, specifically, you guessed it, leadership. And um, as you know, all of my previous episodes have been uh, mainly about entrepreneurship and business. This one is specifically about like leadership and that skill and a little bit about how to um, like schedule your day and whatnot because I'm still having trouble figuring that out but enough said and let's get to the show all right guys so before we get into the show you know we have a couple of housekeeping rules and first and foremost if you find value in this and i know you will because it doesn't matter what business you're in or what you do um, leadership is a key part of whatever you do, uh, whether you own a business, I mean, you fucking have to teach leadership or you have to be a leader to other people. If not, you have to be a leader to your clients. Um, if you have family, you have to be a leader in your family. Um, if you have a group of friends, you know, I would say you would can try, can kind of try to be a leader. Um, in these group of friends, but for the most part, you're doing something with leadership. So I know you're gonna gain value from this. And when you do, make sure to share it out to somebody that you know is gonna benefit from it. Um, also, don't forget to rate it, review it, post it on your stories, tag me, tag Sarah. I will be posting her Instagram link on the show notes. Another thing, go over to Facebook and join the Breakthrough Society movement. Just type in Breakthrough Society movement. You'll find it. Um, By then, I think I'm going to create the page already. So like the page, join the group, connect with us in a personal level. And without further ado, let's get back. Well, let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Breakthrough Society podcast. What are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. I actually just got home from work, so made it just in time. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. So first question I pretty much just ask all of my guests is uh, if somebody was to, was to meet you for the first time and they say, hey, sir, what do you do? Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, first and foremost, I am a mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest job that I have. So I am a mom and I am also a leadership expert. Um, I've got more than a decade of leadership experience in nonprofit, in business and direct sales, in politics and in the military. And I've really found over the course of the past several years that that's where my passion lies. So I have recently moved the space of leadership development and coaching for a living. Oh, nice. So first of all, um, thank you for your service. Thank you. It is my pleasure. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, like I know, like I follow, like I'm not really like deep in, in trying to learn in leadership, which you know I should be. Um, like what's what's I know there's like a huge like misconception between like people who don't really know business, you know, they think you know uh, a leader is pretty much like a boss, um, which is not as completely different. But how how do you um, see like that misunderstanding between between you know what a boss is versus what a leader is? Yeah, so a lot of times I I get the question like you know what's the difference between a manager and a leader or a boss and a leader. And a manager or a boss is somebody who does these high-level tasks because these are the high-level tasks that need to get done. A leader is somebody who inspires others and lifts up an organization and provides purpose and direction for that organization to move them forward and to move the needle forward. And that's where the difference lies. It's do you do the high-level things or do you inspire high-level thought? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, because everybody that well, the people that I grew up around, you know, they they think, oh, I want to own a business. Or back then, you know, during the high school years, they say, I want to, you know, be the boss and and create a business or own a business or whatever. But they don't understand um, that it's really a leader, like you're saying. You have to inspire mm-hmm. the people. Right, and, and I, that's that's so important because uh, anyone can do the boss work. Anyone can do it but to lead takes a special kind of person yeah like what do you see that like the 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 difference in the personalities between you know people that think that they're supposed to be the boss and people that that uh you know like they they know that they're supposed to be a leader like what other characteristics besides you know like business do you kind of like see like how can you tell you know what i'm saying like, how can you tell just I by meeting somebody like, oh, this guy's not going to be a good leader? Well, I don't know that you can tell right away because everybody has a different leadership style. Um, one of the things that I think is absolutely key to being able to lead well, though, is the ability to see a, a big picture vision. So it's more than, you know, we, we run a business and in April we are going to hit $100,000. It's it's more than like quarterly financial goals. It's, you know, we run this business and in three years from now, this is where I want our team to be. I want it to be a global brand and here's how we're going to go about doing that and being able to then not just have that vision, but rally the team that you work with to be able to do the things and be innovative enough to accomplish the mission. So it's not necessarily a, a difference in skill set it's a difference in personality so it's pretty much the leader is just pretty much just steering the ship in the right direction right it's it's kind of like the ship's captain you you've got this ship and you've got you know someone who manages the steam room or someone who manages the the deck but at the end of the day you're the captain and you direct everything where to go and the ship does what you tell it to because you have the people who are a well-oiled machine willing to do the work. Yeah. And like the, do you feel that everybody, um, I guess like everybody um, that's a part of like the crew, right. Or the team, like the team members, Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody just naturally is looking for that leader. 
yeah, I think people definitely naturally look for leadership, um, especially people who either don't have it or haven't found theirs yet. They look for that person to not just tell them what to do, but inspire them and to give them essentially to, to give them a purpose. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to go to work every day and come home every day. You know that. I know that. But why are we going to work? That's the mm-hmm. leader is going to be able to tell you. Why are we here? Why am I crunching these numbers? What does it have to do with anything? Well, here's the big picture. Yeah, so not just going to work just to pretty much get that paycheck and clocking out and then mm-hmm. just doing that thing over 40 years. Right. You know, having right. the purpose of Absolutely. having, like, uh, like creating something, you know, with the business. Like, we're here to, you know, uh, build something big. We're here to dominate kind of thing. Yeah. It's like the the Army's official definition of leadership is to provide purpose, direction, and motivation in order to accomplish a mission. Um, I, I really like almost everything about that definition, except for that motivation piece. Because I don't think it, whether it's your boss or your leader or whoever it is, I don't think it's up to them to motivate you. Um, Because what that's going to do is that's going to give you an external motivator, which is eventually going to go away and you're going to need to find a new external motivator. I believe that it's up to you as an individual to motivate yourself, to have an internal motivation, whether that's loyalty to the team, whether that's something you want to do long term, whatever that is, uh, a leader you know, according to the army, purpose, direction, and motivation, but I say purpose and direction. Yeah. So you kind of have to, you know, how you're saying, like you have to get your own motivation. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's like saying you have to, I mean, you have to give like 50, 50 or like the, you know, like your leadership team, whoever the leader is, is giving you like the 50%. And so you have to meet them halfway with you know your own motivation or your your I guess your why or to why you're doing something right is that what you're yeah. saying yeah so I equate this back to when I was working in network marketing and I had a leadership role and what I would do was every month I would tell my team oh if you hit this goal you're going to get this prize you know this shiny thing at the end of the month and they would work and they would hit that goal and I would give them the shiny thing And then the next month they would say, okay, what are we working for this month? And I would say, okay, well, now you're working for this fancy prize. Mm -hmm. And it was like that every single month because they were being externally motivated. And once they got used to that, if I were to stop providing that external motivator, if I were to stop giving them prizes and accolades, the work would fall off. So the way around that is to give them something bigger to be a part of. So that you don't have to offer a a shiny prize. You don't have to spend all of your would-be profits maintaining motivation on a team through false external motivation. Yeah, and that that comes down to, I think that comes down to whatever it is that they want as Mm -hmm. part of of their career, you know, because if they don't know what what they want, they're just going to be chasing that shiny thing. And it's pretty much the same thing as just going to work, getting that paycheck. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they have, you have to, yeah, like I, that's one thing like I learned, I learned from some of these, you know, friends that I have that, uh, like you have to sit down with them, with like your team and, and say like, okay, so what do you want out of, you know, the career, whatever career it is. So I own a electrical company, right? So 
you know, whenever I bring somebody to the team, you know, I have to sit down with them, some technicians, and and ask them, okay, so you know, what is it that you want out of this career? Because like, I don't think you just want to come to work, you know, bust your ass for eight nine hours, be be uh, you know, crawling on your floor on the floor or being in the attic or something like that, you know, just to get that paycheck. Like you have to have some other drive as to you know, advance, get your licenses and stuff like that to just yeah. you know that 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 would be their motivator yeah and I I want to stop and applaud you because that is a mark of true leadership the fact that you're actually asking those questions so even though you said just a couple minutes ago like you're not interested in diving deep into the leadership realm by asking questions you are and you're showing your team that you are willing and ready and able to lead them simply by asking them questions and getting their input and feedback and then in turn, acting on their answers to those questions and giving them what they need. Yeah, and then and then well, whatever it is that they want, but I know a lot of them because there's different there's different levels of licenses that you can have in the trade or in electrical trades. So you know, giving them like that goal of okay, by the end of the year you have to you know get the next license, and like helping them out in in any way, studying you know providing books or sending them to school kind of thing. So that's and like I would assume of, that it's something that you've already done, right? You you have all those subsequent kind of you and this you still there? Oh, okay. I'm still here, yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, like it froze for a minute, but Okay, no. Um, yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't catch that lab, that last part. No, so I said, so my assumption would be that these licenses, you're setting these goals for your team. They're going to tell you they want license X, and you're going to say, okay, well, you need to do steps A, B, and C to get there. And you know that because you've already been there and done that, right? Yeah, I already have all of them that are required. Yeah. So part of leadership isn't necessarily knowing everything, but it's being just a couple steps ahead so that you can help mentor and coach people along the way. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do because like I, I know I grew up in the industry, so because of my dad, you know, I went to work with him. So I like I see a lot of people that are just stuck in that same and they don't really have a more of motivate their own motivator, how you were saying a minute ago, they just, I guess they, they're just like looking for that external motivation from, you know, whoever, whoever runs uh, the company and like they, they don't have anything that, that they're striving for besides just going to work and getting that paycheck. And I think like, that's, that's how you build, or that's how I'm trying to build like a, a different company from mm -hmm. not just the electrical, but anybody in the construction industry by by uh, providing um, like helping helping the the guys by getting these licenses or helping them out with whatever it is helping them achieve their goal their goals because if you help them achieve their their goals they'll help you achieve yours pretty much yeah they will absolutely and I think one of the other key points is to help them find the reason why they're doing what they're doing if they don't know it. And 
one of the ways that you can get down into this is by simply repeatedly asking the question, and why is that important to you? So, if, you know, somebody said, if, if you were to ask one of your, your team members, like, hey, why do you come to work? And I say, because I need to get a paycheck. <laughs> well, why is that important to you? Well, because, you know, I, we need a place to live. Well, why is that important to you? Because I'm married and I've got two little kids and I don't want them to be homeless. Okay, well, why is that important to you? Because I want to provide a better life for my children than I had growing up. Okay, well, why is that important to you? Well, because I want to break this cycle of poverty or I want to do this or I want to do that. And eventually asking it four, five, six, seven times, you're going to get down to this answer that even a grown man is going to like tear to his eye. Like, this is why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm not just coming to work to, to get a paycheck. I'm coming to work to show my son what a good man looks like and to break the cycle of poverty that I grew up in or whatever the case is. Like that deep feeling why, which I know so often <laughs> men don't like to talk about the touchy feely feeling stuff, yeah. but if you can get someone to experience and internalize that reason why they're doing something, they are going to be infinitely more dedicated to it, infinitely more dedicated to it. Yeah. You're getting the answer out of them that they didn't even know they had. <laughs> right. Like once upon a time, someone asked me, you know, why are you working this job? Well, because I need a paycheck. And, you know, we went through the whole thing. And I ended up in tears because I realized that the reason I was working that job and the reason I was working my ass off at that job was because I wanted to pay off debts that I had from school so that I could show myself that I could do things on my own because I had never been on my own. I had always had my parents or my husband or food stamps to help me along. And I was like, oh shit, like that's, that's a real reason. Like, okay, I've got something to prove to myself. And you know what I did? I went to work the next day and I worked harder and I worked better and I was more effective because I knew that there was something other than just a paycheck at risk if I didn't. Yeah, you always have that thing in the back of your mind, you, your drive to mm -hmm. why you got to push harder in, in whatever it is that you do. Yeah, and if you're interested in learning more about that, there's a really good book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Okay. And he really goes into the science behind why we need to figure out why we're doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, watched a couple of his videos. I haven't bought his book yet, but I have it on my list to to buy. <laughs> he's he's got a couple good ones. Yeah. So we'll start with why is definitely top list. Yeah. So like when 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 people say um, like focus on your strengths and not your weaknesses, like what why do you think? Because I like I know like growing up everybody says um, you know get get focus on your weaknesses like get stronger on your weaknesses like mm -hmm. what why do you think that's like false or bullshit yeah so there are kind of there's two camps in in the strengths and the the weaknesses kind of here so you have your one group of people right who says focus on improving your weaknesses so that you can be good at everything 
Okay. And then there's another group of people who say, focus on your strengths, like work in your strengths and surround your people whose strengths are your weaknesses. Now, I fall into that latter category because I honestly believe that if you're trying to be good at everything, you're going to be great at nothing. And if you focus on what you are good at, not just necessarily what you're good at, but what your strengths are. So where you flourish as a leader and as a grown ass adult human being, where you thrive and you surround yourself with people who are really good at things that you're not good at, you are going to create a great team. You may not be great at everything as an individual, but you are going to have a team that is collectively exceptional. And as a leader, it is far more important that the mission get accomplished, that the job get done, than it is for any one person to be called out for being great. So if you focus on living in your talents and thriving at what you're good at, you're going to have, or you're going to spend less energy trying to work on the bullshit that you don't enjoy, yeah. that you're not good at. You're going to get less frustrated. So you're going to enjoy your life more. You're going to enjoy your job more. People are going to enjoy being around you more because you're not going to be pissed off and have a bad attitude all the time because you're trying to figure out something that you aren't naturally inclined to figure out in the first place. So yeah, absolutely. Leading from your strengths and not improving your weaknesses is I think one of the biggest mistakes that leaders make. Yeah, I've been there. When I, whenever I get pissed, I'm trying to do something and I'm like, oh shit, like, why am I doing this? Right, like I'm not freaking good at this. <laughs> yeah. Like I am not good at editing my podcast. I did it for a very long time and I got decent at it, but I fucking hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. So you know what I did? I hired someone who enjoys it because what does that do? That leaves me more time to excel at what I'm good at. It leaves me more time to do podcast interviews. It leads me more time to work on social media, to work on building my brand and my business. Somebody else can do the back end work that I don't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> because and somebody else is good at it. And it takes her like, I don't know, 10% of the time that it takes me. <laughs> it would take me days to edit a podcast episode. It takes her a couple hours. And even like these little small things that you that you can say, oh, well, I can, you know, hire somebody to do it. Or I mean, I can do it for, you know, five minutes. But, you know, mm -hmm. five minutes here and then five minutes next week or five minutes a couple of days later, like all these five minutes add up when you can yeah. like do something else. Like you're saying, like focus on your strengths. And even if it's yeah, and if it's not too complicated, you know, it's still time consuming. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the biggest mistakes that uh, people make when they're starting out in business is thinking that they can or that they have to do everything themselves. And it is something that I am still recovering from because I have this, this mentality that I would never ask someone else to do something that I haven't already tried. Yeah. And when I try something, I want to be good at it. That's just my personality. That's what I do. Like I would never ask my soldiers to do something that I haven't already done or that I wouldn't do. I've mopped floors. I've climbed the towers. I've slept in the dirt. I've done the thing. So 
So I'm comfortable asking them to do that now. So when I started my business, I had that same mentality. Like I would never ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do. So I would never ask somebody to edit my podcast until I know how to edit a podcast. That's a whole nother freaking skill set that I don't need <laughs> to learn. I did. And it was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, I learned from it. I grew from it. But like I said, life is easier now that I'm not doing it. So like, do you feel that, that, uh, are you saying like, don't focus on, you know, that stuff, like the podcast editing, you know, cause it's so time consuming and you hated it and all this, but in terms of like building a business or building like a team, um, I mean, you, like, I would think you need to still know a little bit about everything just to make sure that whoever that person is that's doing it is doing it correctly. Right. You need to be able to provide a vision and you need to know what you want. And then you need to be able to trust someone else to do the job. Like I remember hiring my first virtual assistant and I micromanaged the ever living <laughs> out of her because I wanted things a certain way. And that relationship ended up not working out because I was micromanaging her and not trusting her. Like I was paying her to do something and then I would go back and I would check her work. And it got to a point where I was like, why in the hell am I paying her when I'm just going back and redoing the work anyway? Like I would change things about what she would give me and not tell her because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. <laughs> I'm like, Sarah, there's a way to do it without hurting her feelings. Like this is a business relationship. This is a business transaction. And you have to learn to trust the people that you're hiring. So as I grow and expand my business, once I start taking on employees, I'm not going to do HR. That's not my strength. That's not something that I have any desire to learn. I'm going to do my research, figure out who I need to hire and who's good at the job, and then trust them with the process and hand it over. Will I do quality control checks? Yes. You have to do quality control checks to make sure things are getting done properly. But do I need to know the ins and outs of how my email campaigns go out or how the, the back end of my payment taking systems work? No, I don't have to know that. Okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's gold. Okay, so I, I was looking at your... Uh at your Instagram and I know the like I, I think the same the same way that you do about the work-life balance but it's bullshit yeah <laughs> yeah because well every time somebody says you know I'm just trying to keep like the work-life balance or or I just hear that word I auto I automatically think average like that's what I mm -hmm. think because in the entrepreneur world like that that does not exist so yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So when you think balance, right, balance is something that you have on a scale. Like you think there's the scales of justice and they have to, both sides have to equal, they have to be the same, which means that in order to achieve work-life balance, you have to be giving equal time, space, and energy to your work and your life. And not only is that stupid. <laughs> it's impossible <laughs> because you're going to have times that one thing is more important than the other. 
like when I was a single working woman without a husband, without a family, without children, I could work my ass off to accomplish whatever I needed to work was the lower one. And, you know, cause it, it had more stuff on it. It weighed more. I was giving it more time and attention right after I had my kid. Nope. Work was almost non-existent and my family was everything. There was no equal give and take. And it doesn't need to be just seasons of life. It can be throughout the course of the day. I try really hard when I am at work to be present at work and to be doing the best I can in that job in that moment so that when I am at home, I can be present in that moment at home with my family, with my kid and not have to worry about work. It's it's never going to be equal because if I'm, I can't be, I mean, I can because I'm a woman and I can multitask, right? I can be <laughs> bouncing my kid on my lap and writing an email to a colonel at the same time, but my kid is going to be annoyed that I am not giving him my full attention and my boss is going to be annoyed that I've got 63 typos in one four-line email. So in order to be truly effective at anything, you have to give it your full attention. And there's this, I don't know, this common misconception or this like ability and need to brag on social media about your ability to multitask and your ability to, to juggle all these things at one time. It's not a badge of honor. Multitasking is not a badge of honor. Multitasking means that you don't know how to manage your time properly. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. And that's something that, that I'm, like, I don't multitask because I know, I mean, I can't, like, as, as hard as I try, as hard as I try to multitask, I can't, you know, I, I focus more on one thing than the other one. I end up losing whatever it is that I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. But, like, I'm, I'm I struggle to because I'm trying to follow a calendar now so I struggle on you know setting like these time blocks and and how you're saying like focusing your your time all on one thing you know if you're at work you know focus on work or if you gotta like I have to do some estimates for some clients you know focus on doing the estimates for some clients or I'm with my family focus specifically just on family like I still struggle with all of that stuff mm-hmm did you say you just started using a calendar? A couple months ago, yeah. So let me ask you a question. Do you have like a massive to-do list for every day as well? Yeah, I do. And if I don't, then I just, like if I don't complete it, which a lot of days I don't, I put them on the next day or I try to um, like not put them all on the next day, but throughout the next couple of days. If it's too many things. So as a lifelong, like crazy preparer calendar person, (laughs) to give you the best tip that I can come up with is at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of the day, however you want to do it, take a look at your to-do list for that day. If there's anything on that list that is going to take you more than 20 minutes to accomplish, Don't put it on a to-do list. Put it in your calendar as an appointment. So like if you're like, I need to do customer invoices today and you know that it's going to take you at least an hour to do customer invoices, don't mark that as a to-do. Find an hour in your day where you can do customer invoices because 
like your brain is wired to hold appointments. So if you see something in your date book or if you see something, an appointment pops up in your calendar and it says, you know, do do customer receipts. You're more likely to do that than seeing it on a to-do list. Because like you said, you know, with a to-do list, if it doesn't get done, you can just push it off to the next day or something. Yeah. And eventually you're going to get to Friday and you're going to have 754,000 things on your to-do list and none of it's going to get done. And it's going to get pushed to the next week and pushed to the next week and pushed to the next week. Whereas if you have that appointment, your brain goes, oh, this is something that I have to sit down and do from one o'clock to two o'clock. Okay. I'm going to do customer invoices and you get them done. You are infinitely more likely it's not infinite. There's a real statistic behind it, but I don't remember what the number is, <laughs> but you are a lot more likely to actually go to an appointment than you are to check something off a to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like I just, by the end of the week, I'm like, oh shit, look at all these 10, 15 things that I still need to get done. Or Right. But if you see on your calendar meeting with Bob, you're going to go to the meeting with Bob, right? Yeah. Because it's on your calendar and it's an appointment. So Seriously, try that and like, let me know if it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, because these quotes, yeah, they they do take at least thirty minutes. The quick ones, thirty minutes mm -hmm. to an hour easily. And sometimes I have two, two to three to turn in by the end of this weekend. Or well, by the end of this weekend, I had three. Now I have two. <laughs> so yeah, like I see what you're saying with. You know, you just see it in a little list in my notebook that I have my backpack and that I would have showed you. And you just like, I just look at it and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's it's just something that I have to do. Like, how many times? Maybe you don't. But I've been guilty of like, okay, I've got a massive to-do list today. Thing number one, wake up. Check. Okay. <laughs> brush my teeth. Check. Eat breakfast. Check. I would put things on my to-do list just so that I could feel good about checking things off because I knew I was never going to get to the whole list. But when I started that making it an appointment, it's so much easier. And I find that I actually keep the appointments. Things like drop this off at the post office or, you know, take five minutes to throw in a load of laundry. That's a to-do. Things like plan my social media content for the next month that's going to take a hot minute. That's more yeah. than a, okay, quick check. Yeah, and that's I had that. an appointment. Yeah, I had that, the, like, what, two, two or three days ago, or probably Monday, that I said, uh, like, I had, like, five things on my to-do list, and I was like, well, shit, I didn't get to, to do all of them because this specific one took longer than I expected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. God, let me know. I'm curious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> reach back out to you so you can tell me how it went. <laughs> yeah. See, and today, and today, um, like I had a, I had an interview this morning, at uh, eleven, and then, but I did have the time blocks. You know, this interview with you, and then the interview at eleven, and then I had time blocks. You know, like for I want to work in between, and I went like to the store, and I did some other stuff, and I was behind on them, but. I think I, I think I got him. I still got him. Good. Good. But it won't always work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. As business owners, as entrepreneurs, we know that it does not always work out according to your schedule. But at least if you try, like you can say you tried. Yeah. You have to, but you have to like learn how to 
like if something gets thrown at you, which stuff happens every day, something gets thrown at you, you have to learn how to manage that. You have to learn how to manage. And the way to do that is by knowing how to prioritize. So if a new project or a new job gets thrown at you, you can say, you could either say yes and scramble to figure out how to get it done. Or you can look at it and say, well, I also have these things to do and things A and B need to be top priority. So I can throw this project in as C and move the other ones down the list. So it's, it's not always just a matter of yes or no. It's a matter of, okay, yes, but when? And it's absolutely okay to ask for more time or ask for a different deadline. Um, and that goes if you're the leader or if you're someone who's just a, a, an employee in an organization. Like, there have been multiple times where I've either gotten a deadline or I've given a deadline and said, hey, here's this project. Can you get it done by Wednesday? And my team will look at their their project list and go, well, um, we can, but if we get this done by Wednesday, we're not going to be able to complete this thing on Tuesday. Which one is the priority? And then it's up to me as a leader to go, okay, well, actually that thing for Tuesday is more important because this is the person who's asking for that versus this person who's asking for this. So as a leader, you need to be able to manage that and weigh those options and, and have those priorities and set those for your team. So say like what, whether it's, uh, you know, tasks or, or priorities that you need to do for yourself or, the, or for your entire organization, do you have, I guess, like a, a big list where you put down everything and then you just kind of, um, I don't know how to say it, like a rough draft list where you have everything written down, how you're saying, like with priorities, and then you take something from that list and put it, say, in the calendar. And then you just, you know, yep. start like deleting and just moving over and stuff like that. So the way I do it is I have a dump list that every Sunday I sit down for like a solid hour and a half and I go over my calendar. And one of the first things I do is I like put everything that is rattling around in my brain or like on all these sticky notes that are all over my desk. If you guys could see my desk, it's a hot mess. But Everything that's on a sticky note, everything that's in my brain, I write it all down, like just list it, everything that needs to get done. And then I take a look at that list and I say, okay, what needs to be an appointment? And I make those appointments. So I need to record this podcast uh, for whatever. Okay, I'm going to do that on Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Okay, that's an appointment. And as I make the appointments, I cross those things off the list because I know those are going to get done because they're appointments. The next thing I do is say, okay, I know that my brain has the capacity to handle five to six to-do list items per day. So then I go through and I start saying, okay, what on here needs to get done? Okay, the laundry needs to get done. That's a to-do for Monday. Uh, this uh, thing needs to be graded. Okay, that's a to-do for this day. And I fill in five or six to do's for every single day and everything else I look at it and I go, okay, well, actually let's back up before I start doing my, all my stuff and putting it in my calendar. I take a look at it and say, what do I need to do? And what can I delegate? Mm. Because if there's stuff on that list and oftentimes there is, there's a lot of stuff on that list that I don't have to do. I 
don't have to make the cupcakes for daycare. I can ask the nanny to do that. I don't have to mow the lawn. My husband can do that. So I delegate tasks away so that I'm doing less and people, other people are working in their strengths. The nanny likes to bake cupcakes. My husband likes to mow the lawn. Those are not my strengths. And then I make my appointments and then I put in my to-dos and everything else on that list. If there's anything else left on that brain dump list, it's likely not a priority. So those are the things like, well, if I get to it, I get to it. And if not, oh, well. It's not going to affect you. Those are like the the nice to have, like the, oh, go drop off this thing at the post office that you're like the card that you're going to send your sister because you think she's cool. Okay. (laughs) It's not that important. She knows she's cool. I'll text her. (laughs) Yeah. Faster. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. Gotta, gotta set that hour and just start. Yeah, and it's just, it's just like a word vomit on paper. Every single task that needs to get done, and I do it for my business and my house, and I do it for my nine to five job. I'm like, okay, these are all the things that need to get done. You guys do that. I'll do this. We'll call it a day. See you on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that, and I know for sure everybody that's listening that that tries it is definitely gonna gonna it's gonna help them for sure for sure i want to hear your success stories so go find me on instagram that's yeah. where i hang out and uh let me know like hey i listened to the podcast and i tried that dump list thing i made appointments with myself and now i'm more productive i would love <laughs> to hear that <laughs> yeah cool so yeah just uh before before i last you a last question um yeah just tell everybody where else they can find you besides your instagram if you haven't any other place or podcast yeah, too so so most of the time i hang out on instagram i'm at sarah Mayski. it's sarah without an h m-a-e-s-k-i um and you'll find me over there doing any combination of things from talking about leadership to talking about time management to hanging out and teaching my two-year-old how to play t-ball Um, I also have a podcast. It's the Beyond Leadership Podcast, and we've got new episodes every Thursday where we talk about all things leadership and beyond. Awesome. Awesome. I'll I'll put everything in the the show notes also so everybody can know know where to find you real quick. Just click on it. Um, Yeah, so the last question I have is what do you consider your breakthrough moment and why? Oh, my breakthrough moment. Um, so I told you I used to be a, a leader in a network marketing business. And for a number of reasons, I left that leadership position, but for years had been saying that I wanted to go back, that I wanted to go back to leadership, that I wanted to do that. That was what I wanted. That was what I told everybody. And last year, during the very beginning of the pandemic, I hired my first business coach with the intent that she was going to help me get back into that space, that leadership space in network marketing. And a couple weeks into that program, I late one night and I'm central time and she's East coast time. So late my time, super late her time. I called her literally crying. And the first words out of my mouth were, I don't want to go back to that because she had us, do this exercise where we 
envisioned our lives 10 years from now? And what were you doing? And what did it feel like? And all of the things that I had been saying that I wanted were nowhere. Like not even a hint of them in my 10-year vision. I was doing something completely different. And it was in that moment that I was doing that exercise. That was my breakthrough moment where I was like, holy shit, not only have I been lying to everyone else for the past four years, I've been lying to myself. That's not what I want. And so my life did a complete 180. I totally pivoted so that now I went from wanting to be that network marketing leader to now teaching network marketing leaders and other business leaders about leadership, about how to do it in this way that's aligned with your priorities so that you can feel good about it. Network marketing especially gets a really bad rap. Um, yeah. People think it's slimy. You'll see like, oh, I'm really interested in, in opportunities, but no MLMs, right? It gets a really bad reputation because there is a lack of leadership teaching within the network marketing community. Or there's this way of thinking you can only do it one way. So what I do is I teach you how to find your own leadership style, your unique leadership style, how to make your strengths work for you, how to truly know yourself, know your vision, know your people, and ultimately to get shit done. Because if you don't know those three things, you're not going to excel as a leader. So I, I now... Like I said, I did that one exercise and had a tear-filled phone call where I completely pivoted the course of my life. That would be my break. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for allowing me to be on here and share. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know everybody's going to get some value. I'm going to replay this and I'm going to um, write down everything myself because, I mean, I got tons of value. <laughs> Good. I'm I'm glad. Well, reach out to me anytime. I'm always more than happy to to help out and and give free and sometimes unasked for leadership advice. <laughs> awesome, cool. So uh, yeah, so thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you very much. Awesome. Have a good day. You as well. 